Welcome to episode 205 of, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, 205 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we recap week eight in college football. You can find the show on the website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show, just like some of you are filling in now, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time, every Sunday night on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share with your friends. We would enjoy that. And now here's the show. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck. And with me now, ladies and gentlemen, he's cracking his knuckles, he's laughing, he's pouring himself a bottle of bourbon. Just maniacally. He's drinking straight from the bottle. It's laughing maniacally. I've waited 365 days for this. And we are here. We're here. So we are we're we're gonna start Sunday in October. The third Sunday in October. One that was filled with a lot of sadness last year. Yeah. Now here's the deal. I want to start by saying this. We're starting with this game. We're starting with me going off on an absolute. I'm, I'm going to go off the rails. So I'm telling all of you that right now. Okay. So be be warned. I know we have Tennessee fans listening to the show. I know not all of you guys are people that are going to deserve this ire and this anger and this outburst. There's plenty of you, plenty of you that I love. Ash Williams, love you to death, boo. Um, there's several of you. Travis May, Kurt McPhee. Just, I mean, there's plenty that I can't even name. But here's the thing. Yesterday played out in such a beautifully perfect way that I, I, I to, today, I, I can't, I cannot stop enjoying it. I, there's, no, there's no 24-hour rule. I cannot stop enjoying it. I cannot stop enjoying it. Because Was there ever a time in the game where you were getting a little nervous? The whole first half. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, so here's, here's the thing. Let's, so we'll start with this. Bama comes out, and and like I was, I was thinking about this too. It was like there weren't that many things looking back on it that made me feel super confident. One that Bama would ever be able to hang with him if it, if it became a track meet. Like that, just I did not see that happen. Um, luckily, I didn't really get to that. But like one thing I kept, I was very confident in was that Joe Milton was never going to beat Alabama. And then Joe Milton comes out on fire. Joe Milton comes out on fire. Um, he was great. He was great the entire first quarter, uh, most of the first half, and it was really impressive. And they did Tennessee did things like really, really well. They executed really, really well. They played defense really, really well. Bama's on offense looked just like – just at times, I just don't know what Tommy Reese is doing, right? I just don't know what Tommy Reese is doing. The defense – I mean, he put so much on that defense, just so much on that defense. Um yeah. But you're they, down. When they had to, you know, they, no touchdowns. They were, they were just giving up field goals, which was what kept them, in, you know, within well, shot. Right. And that first touchdown they had to score white was an incredible pass and catch. It was like just, just incredible. Um, but my thing that I kept coming back to was like, you don't want to like, like you just got to make halftime adjustments. It looked bad. It, like it, like, cause I didn't understand what Bama's defense was going to be able to do or what Bama's offense was going to be able to do to make up the 13 points. I, I thought in my mind that you had to score on the first drive, which they did, and you have to come out and get a turnover. Now, let's start by doing this. Let me do this for every every team we talk about. Tennessee, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Came out on fire. Joe Milton played arguably his best game outside of the Orange Bowl of his career um, in, in Knoxville. I thought that was really impressive. The, the defense held tight a lot. Uh, for the most part, like they, they were a, they played really, really well. They executed a lot on third down. Um, I thought they were really good. I thought they were really good in in that capacity. Yeah, and on the ground, he was really good too. Yeah, they finally they finally brought that component, which I thought was really good. Both quarterbacks, really. When, when you when you talk about that, so there was a lot of positives I think from Tennessee. Now, here's the other part of it, and, and like. Bama comes out in the second half, and you make good teams, elite teams, good coaches, elite coaches, you make halftime adjustments. It has it is something that has escaped Alabama for a couple of years now. Pete Golding, 
just refused to make halftime adjustments even last year in this game. It's one of the reasons why one guy had five touchdown catches. But they made some halftime adjustments against AM, against Ole Miss, against, against Tennessee. It seems to be a recurring theme with this coaching staff and with this team this year. And I tell you what, I compared this Alabama team is a lot like anal. Okay. And this is why it is, it's uncomfortable and miserable for, for at least one person. And only one side seems to be having fun for a majority of it. Okay. Can we agree on that? It's a bit much. I didn't tweet it. I said it on here. It's college from Saturday football uncensored. So I'm allowed <laughs> to say it, but yes, the Alabama team is a lot like doing it in the butt. So anyway, that being said, now you talk about, Going into the second half of this game, it's like, well, how are you going to come back from this game? You got to score and you got to get stops. And that's what Bama did. Now, I've given my props to Tennessee. I've given my props to Tennessee. Now let's talk about what 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 won that game. You got beat 27-0 in the – The refs. We'll get to that in a second. You got beat 27-0 in the, in the second half. 27 to nothing. Okay? You had They spotted you a 20-7 lead. They spotted you a 20 to 7 lead at the half. The largest, the largest deficit at halftime Alabama has faced since the 2018, uh, or in the second half since the 2018 uh college football um playoff, or I'm sorry, this the SEC championship game against Georgia is the largest at home deficit they've had and overcome in night since 1998. So it does feel like 98. It's been 25 years. Oh god. Sorry, I already got in trouble with the anal joke. That's bad. Um but <laughs> that's always good. Sorry, um, anyway, they came out, they made adjustments at halftime. And then here's the thing. I thought that the strength of the team was the resiliency. And then like the competitive, like character, especially on the defense. And really you can say the offense too, because you came out there and you had to make adjustments and they did. And he, and now all of those things are, are positives. Now, you tell me what you've heard from social media from one side in particular about why Bama won this game. I've already mentioned it, Chris. It was the referees, the men in stripes, the zebras. They gave it to them. Yeah. All right, I was told to sit still. Damn, you just, you're just getting live. Yeah. Critique. I know. I have a dance mom for a girlfriend right now, so there's that. Um, so here's the thing. You didn't. It wasn't the refs. Now, I want to start by saying this. Bama had one penalty for five yards. There's so much of me that wants to just be like, yeah, they, that's, that's probably all they, got, they should have got called for. But I know that one of my biggest things is that I hate when people tell me that I'm, that I, like, that I'm wrong about something when I know I'm right. So, Tennessee fans, I'll tell you this. Bama should have had more than one flag. Absolutely. Absolutely should have been, <laughs> should have been called for more than one flag. So, there you go. You know what you should have done? You should have put your foot on someone's fucking throat when you're up 20 to 7 on the road for a chance to beat your biggest rival because this is your biggest rival. Make no mistake about it. Instead of pissing down your leg on national television and getting beat 27 nothing in the second half. You should have done that. And while we're on the subject, this whole penalty thing, Josh Heupel teams, here's a fun fact for you. I just tweeted it out. Josh Heupel teams, as a head coach in six years, here's where his team's ranked in their conference for penalties per game. Okay, when he's at UCF, 2018, 9th out of 12. The following year, 9th out of 11. Or out of 11. 2020 at UCF, 11th out of 11. 2021 at Tennessee, 9th out of 14. 2022 at Tennessee, 14th out of 14. And this year, 14th out of 14. You can sit here and tell me all you want about how Bama should have got called for this. It didn't make up for 14 points. The bottom line is you got your ass kicked in the second half. And, and here's the other thing, too, that we've seen from what from one of these teams in particular – I saw Alabama go to, to Knoxville last year and get down 28 to 10, 28 to 10. I, they had, they had missed calls on everything you could possibly think of a fucking helmet to the face mask on Bryce young, who is just coming off of injury and, and was the Heisman trophy winner the year before not getting that call is asinine to me. You come into that game when you're the most penalizing the sec and somehow you have 11 less flags in Alabama. Bama gets 17 penalties for 130 yards. Most of them in the most critical moments possible. Fourth and five uh, pass interference with, with when you're down seven late in the game. It was an interception for Bama. That's not this. And you know what that Bama team didn't do? Roll over and fucking die. And that's exactly what Tennessee and their fan base continues to do when they're put in this situation. Last year at Georgia, you got your ass beat 
when in for most of the game, oh well, if it wouldn't have rained, we would have done this. We need to have a rematch when indoors. How many times do you have to move the fucking goalposts for you guys to be good enough to win a game? You haven't turned the corner. You haven't turned the corner. And you sat there for 365 days and told everyone what was going to happen in this game. Everyone. And you got a 20 to 7 lead and you pissed down your leg and your stupid fucking quarterback turned around to the, the student section, did the crane kick, talked as much shit as he could for the first 30 minutes. And then when it's time to go win a fucking ball game, what did you do? You pissed down your fucking leg. And I loved every second of it. I loved every fucking second of it. It was hilarious. And it's hilarious today. This is the venomous little pettiness coming out of me. You call me Petty LaBelle, Petty Wap, whatever you want to say. This, this entire bullshit today of Tennessee fans clamoring and, and begging for people to be like, see, we should have had so many more calls. Bama gets all the calls. You, No one feels sorry for you. No one feels sorry for you. You're the most insufferable fan base on the face of the fucking planet. It is outrageous that you would even go onto social media and, and ask anyone to feel sorry for you because you didn't have it last year. Last year, you made a commemorative book. You made a commemorative book after game eight when you beat Alabama for the entire season. Do you think anyone in this conference or this country feels bad for Tennessee fans? No. You got what you deserved, and it happened on national television, and it was fucking hilarious. And my last thing to you, Tyler, my absolute last thing I will say to you is this. Someone explained to me. Someone explained to me what the benefits are of Alabama getting all the calls. Is this some likable fucking like football program that everyone around the country's pulling for? Is this some likable state that's always going on the right side of history that everyone's always pulling for? Why in the world do we think that Alabama is the team that's going to get all the calls? Get the fuck out of here. Should we do some voicemails? <laughs> They're all from me. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch to choose from. Here, we'll, we'll start with a short one. All right. Uh, James Favre here, uh, Daphne, Alabama, big Alabama fan. Fuck Tennessee. That was it. Tyler, Chris, long-time listener, occasional caller, Bama fan here. As I always say, best college football podcast out there. What a win, guys. Roll Tide. Wasn't looking good at halftime. And I tell you, I'm just, I, I could not be happier. I can't get the smile off my face. But but don't worry, Vol fans. You know, hey, maybe you can make another coffee table commemorative book about how you had a 20 to 7 lead at halftime before we scored 27 unanswered on your bitch asses. Or you could make a commemorative coffee table book about how you won one out of the last 17 games against the Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I love that. I just, it started out so calm, and then the venom just came out. Couldn't couldn't help it. I think I think that like I fully. I mean, I think everyone expects it out of somebody like me, that's like gonna overreact. But I think yesterday is like a pretty good example of like, Bama fans were fucking tired of hearing it. We were tired of hearing it. We were tired of hearing it, and it was it, it felt Tyler. It felt real good. It felt real good. Well, we got we got more calls today. People are still celebrating. Okay, I'm gonna sit still. Marler, T Huck, it's your boy Dollar Bill, just calling with some reaction. What a great football, specifically the tie. Uh, you know, start, slow start, but we ended up stomping the guys, winning it, running away. Um, you know, streaky rivalry, so probably gonna win ten more in a row. Um, but I got some reaction. To Josh Heupel, I've been hearing Heupel and these Tennessee fans are wanting to blame the referees. Eight penalties. Eight penalties for 55 yards. It cost them the game is what they're claiming. Um, well, you know, uh, my take is Josh Heupel already sounds like he takes the short bus to work. Uh, and now he's acting like it because <laughs> I remember getting beat by a last second field goal with 17 penalties called against the Tide last year. So, um, Heupel's repping the school well, you know, take, take the short bus for that special, special school they got up there in Knoxville. Goodness. And uh, we're just going to leave this one right here, fellas. Y'all have a great day. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Oh, hey, here's man. a good point, though, Tyler. We didn't talk about this. How about how about this? How about the forearm to the fucking head of Roy Dale Oh, Williams? yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. In front of the ref, and nothing was said. Yeah, but. that was... That was like a, he clearly was trying to punch the ball out, but he just 
Also, good. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm shocked we didn't get that. Anyway, what else we got? We got another one. We've, we've got many more. Maybe we'll just do one more. Uh, many more Bama ones, but I don't know if we'll have time for all of them. We'll see. Uh, here, Bama Bo. What's up, guys? It's Bama Bo here. Just sitting here watching about four different games, but obviously the Bama game, 34-20 right now. Boy, you know what? Tennessee didn't realize they had to tee off that fucking football today against Alabama. Come on, baby. Hey, I got one thing, though, for you guys real quick. What the hell is Goulet doing on these punts, man? Was he just looking at it and running away from it? I don't understand. They've been freaking out over here on the guys. They put it all the way down to the one now. I just don't understand what's going on. What? What's going on with that? I mean, do we need somebody else out there? Do we need Brooks catching this ball? What's going on? Hey, guys. It's your boy, Logan. Um, Also, first half, uh, I hope I never see anything like that again in my life. We're over here sweating bullets on a fall evening. And, uh, you know, expecting to come in here. Everybody's like, revenge game, revenge game, revenge game. I'm, I'm like, you know, hell yeah, I'm here for it. Well, that first half was the furthest thing I've ever seen. But... I may have had my doubts the second half of the came around. I couldn't be more proud of the guys, except for Kool-Aid. I'm kind of frustrated. I understand you messing up one time, but when you do it again, it's just unexplainable to do that. I hope Saban goes all the way into his ass, takes away the Hellcat beast, <laughs> and everything in between. Anyway, enjoy the pod. Hope to hear it. Hope your uh, blood pressure is not too high watching the game right now, Chris. Talk to you all later. I was, dude, I bruised my tits. I bruised my tits yesterday from doing this. <laughs> After one of the, one of the four down stops, I like, I was like, oh my God. It was awful. Dude, that's, that's awful. totally my move, too. I, I'm just the one pound. I just slam, yeah. slam my chest when something happens. Um, I also love two things I love about that call the fact that Bam and Bo and Logan always are together when they call yeah, us. I love that. Love that. Also love. <laughs> Just the pure joy, but we're not going to leave out that Kool-Aid McKinstry is really pissed us off on, on punt return. Dude, what was he doing back there? It, like, yeah. at one point, he, he like, late in the game, he came out and was like, I was like, okay, well, I mean, like, I mean, just catch it at the 25-yard line. And he just rolls down to the one. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, do we want to get some, to some other games or do we want to play some more voicemails? Um, we can play maybe some more voicemails at the end. Are there, are there any good ones? Or are they way too long? Um, some of them were too long. Like some of them were like three minutes long. So guys, remember when you call a three minute one's probably not going to make the show just because it's yeah. It's but I'll listen to it and put myself. To yeah, we we listen to all of them. So don't don't now, about that. Let me also. I just want to say this before we go to the next game. Okay. One of the other things we didn't talk about in this game is that the the hypo going for uh, going for a fourth down. Um. <laughs> For on three times and not getting it, another huge reason why you didn't you didn't make it. Or when they came. Now I know that it was difficult for Tennessee fans to hear that. I want to reiterate that I don't care. I don't care. I don't feel sorry for anything I just said at all. You're like I, I you are not going to come here and find any fucking remorse for me for anything I said, any empathy, any sympathy. Obviously, both of us. I'm not really sure what the difference is between them. I'll have to Google it later. But that being said, we still love you. And Bama fans, I appreciate you guys. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that win as much as I did. Because like I listen, I don't I don't care if some idiot on, on Twitter says something like, oh, so Tennessee was your Super Bowl. It kind of was this year. It kind of was this year. I wanted this one more than anyone. So yeah. there you go. Now, where should we go next? Should we go to USC next? Oh, you want to go to USC? I kind of do. Okay, let's go to USC. Let's do it. Did you watch this game? Um, I watched parts of it. So I was at a Halloween get together in my old neighborhood and, uh, we had the quad box going on. Okay. But of course the, the sound was typically on the Florida state game. So I caught glimpses. Um, but no, you'll probably have to fill me in a little bit. The last two minutes took three and a half hours. Okay. It took like, it took like legit 30 minutes. I'm, I'm, so right off the rip, I'm shocked that, well, I guess I shouldn't say shocked, but how you let Utah, who has in an apt offense, yeah. score 34 points, be in the 92nd percentile in success rate, 90th percentile in yards per play, 
just, I mean, the, the USC defense is setting just it's so bad. It like setting so, a new bar every week. Yeah. This game was six. Oh, by the way, we should get this out of the way now. Do you know what I was for my picks yesterday? No. Four and nine. Oh, the streak is in. 31%. Nah, nah, nah. We'll You're going to be firmly atop that, Peter, this week. I, I have real yeah, faith. Yeah. Um, no, so one of the, this is one of the picks I had on there because if you look at this game, USC was um, USC was a six-half point favorite. It was like a pick them in the first quarter and like three and a half or three points in the, in the first half. Now, I thought, I thought like this is a game where like I, I remember bringing up on the podcast, like they were – they're like 19 and two in games under Lincoln Riley's. His teams are 19 and two in the regular season um, in games following a, uh, I'm sorry, they're 39 and two or something like that. Like in games for the rest of the regular season after following a loss, um, they lost to Utah last year. It's kind of like the, helped them turn the corner and they got into it and started putting up like 40, 50 points a game. It seemed like, so you're coming off like a pretty heartbreaking loss where you looked inept and you go to Notre Dame and, and like you you can't afford to lose another game, right? And you have Utah coming to town and you get them at home, which has to count for something if you're trying to bring USC back. I understand the Coliseum is not like Death Valley or anything like that, but it is the Coliseum and there is a lot of lore there. And there's a lot of still 85,000 people that are going to sit there and watch this new team, which is supposed to be like by all means kind of like a super team of what you're talking about with getting kids out of the portal and then Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and like, you have all the reasons and, and things in place and resources to succeed. And you bring Utah in with a third string walk on fucking pig farmer quarterback. What kind of fucking Friday night lights type of shit is that? Pig Seriously. farmer quarterback. Yeah. Um, you're speaking of Barnes. Yeah. Um. It just just un unbelievable. Thirty four yeah. points to Utah with their third string QB. Uh, by the way, this was a theme this weekend. Arkansas lost to Mississippi State's backup quarterback. Clemson lost to Miami's backup quarterback. Just unfathomable. But this game, I mean, Utah just I I picked Utah to cover. I certainly didn't pick them to win. Right. But every yeah. year this happens. Like everyone's like, oh no, I mean, it's Utah's got a good defense, but this isn't a good matchup for them. And they just, they own USC. They own them. They've beaten them three times in a row. Yep. They've all been close games, but Utah's pulled all of them out. Well, that one in the, in the Pac-12 championship, wasn't it? Was it not? I can't, no, I can't remember. I mean, here's the thing. Caleb Williams, it, it, I guess what's sad for me is that we've just seen USC's defense find new ways to blow it, where it's like, like, Josh Pate said this going into the game, and he made the point, and it was a good point. He said, like, Utah is not anybody's get-right game. They're just not. Right. And and Utah is too well-coached for that. And, like, you know, you almost I almost feel bad for Caleb Williams, but I don't because it, it, it just kind of speaks to this typical fucking West Coast arrogancy of, like, uh, or arrogance of, like, well, you know, we're going to come in here, we're going to roll through it. Bill Plashby got fucking – cold takes exposed or old takes exposed today, yeah. how they should just sweep through. And we said it on this podcast before the season. Who's mad in the, in the things? Sybil Edmondson's mad. So, um, like, we saw it in the things, like, or said in the preseason, the preseason uh, pods that, like, we thought USC might be, like, the third best team in the Pac-12 because they only play one type of football, and that's offensive football. And you saw this last night. Where like when when Caleb Williams is struggling and you can't just go, you're not gonna throw over 400 yards and four touchdowns every game. You're just not, and and especially in a year like this where the Pac-12 is really deep, this is the buzzsaw that you ran into. But this is also the buzzsaw you should have seen coming. Like this isn't like oh they jumped up and bit us. Like it's not like the, the Oregon State game last year where it's like well you know we went on the road to Corvallis and had to force four turnovers and it was a foggy and weird late night type game. Like this is the one you should have had circled. Like this is like coming on after a loss to the team that ruined your national championship championship hopes twice last year, and you do this, it's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, no touchdowns through the air for Caleb Williams, only 256 yards passing. 
Uh, he did score one on the ground, but I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley's got a lot to figure out uh, when Caleb turns pro after this year. Yeah, I know they've got another like superstar five five star kid that'll probably be unbelievable, but the defense has got to get fixed, or no one's going to take USC seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they're still in the polls somehow. Have but, you seen the rumors, by the way? No, rumors. Is rumors going to be? No, have you heard the rumors about what, what Lincoln Riley might do? No, I'm talking about like there's rumors that he might go with Caleb Williams. It's like a joint uh, package. The NFL. Yeah. No, I I will say this too. I'm not going to try to pile on Caleb Williams because I know that as a competitor, he's got to be just devastated because he's out. Like they're not going to win anything now. Um, he's not going to Heisman most likely. He might not even get invited. So I hate that for him. Like, I really do. I hate that for him. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a tough, tough way to go out. That being said, um, like, what a bad week. What a bad, bad week for, for Caleb Williams to go in, talk about, like, how he wants a, a stake into some team's, you know, um, ownership. Equity, yeah. Yeah, then lose this game. And then, and then did you see Emmanuel Acho? I try not to see much of what he's does, but I swear to God, dude, Fox Fox Sports has just become like if they let fine bomb callers have a show in in fucking eight piece suits. And I don't care how that sounds; it's exactly how I feel. Like it is, it like he said something. About how I was like, well, with no Heisman Trophy, with no chance of winning a national title, should Caleb Williams sit the rest of the year? And it was like. Yeah, you know what? That's the best way to go prove that you deserve uh, a stake in someone's company or someone's like like ownership is by by quitting quitting on your own team. Um, also got a shout out. Um, a lot of get a lot gets talked about with Travis Hunter playing both ways. Um, there's this kid on Utah, Sione Vaki. Mm-hmm. He's their st- starting strong safety, and in this game, he caught two touchdown passes, accounted for 217 total yards on offense. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. So yeah. uh, Utah with another big win. Seems like that's all they do. And a big, big game next week in Utah. Oregon comes to town. Yeah. Really line on that. Your favorite. Minus five no. and a half for Oregon. Oregon's favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, USC, I believe, is 25th in the polls now. Yeah. They're 24th, something like that. Where do you want to go next? Now, there's like there's a ton of games. And you guys, now that I've calmed down, and I've been told via text from my dance mom girlfriend that I've calmed down. Um, you guys can tell us where you want to go. This turned out, we're not going to touch this. The only thing I want to say from the Michigan Michigan State game is the, the fact Hitler that Michigan thing? State, the Hitler thing. Oh, Unreal. That? I don't mean to laugh, but like, what are you doing? Does everyone know what we're talking Apparently, about? Apparently. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, um, apparently they put on, like, it was, like, between plays or halves or something. Before the game. They had something on the big screen that was, like, yeah, it was during the game. Um, like, a trivia question? Yeah. And I guess one of the answers, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll get you. Hold on. Okay. It was it was 80 minutes before the game started. And it was, like, remember when you were little and you'd go to AMC theaters and AMC would be, like, hey, here's some movie-themed trivia. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. that because I remember one thing that I bring up all the time. I bring it up like, like, like every time I get a chance to. Remember the movie Hook? Yeah. Did you know that in the movie Hook, the overcoat that Dustin Hoffman wore as Hook was so heavy it weighed eighty pounds. They had to, ins- and it was so hot they had to install an air conditioning unit inside of it so he would not get overheated and exhausted. Fun oh, fact. Wow. So, fun. in that kind of theme of movie trivia. Michigan State decided to like, outsource like a third-party trivia company to post random facts. Now, I would have kept it to sports. You know, yeah. let me go. Let me go a step further. Let me go a step further, and then just deduce it down to as, as little as possible. You know what I wouldn't have done, Tyler? I would have made sure it was everything but Hitler trivia. That's what I would have done. It would have been everything but. Then yeah. we could have called it that. Everything but Hitler trivia this Saturday night at East Lansing. We certainly do hate Hitler. We hate Hitler. I'll tell you what. Like, hot take, not fans of Hitler. Pretty big bag of shit. 
Yeah. So Hitler comes in. I mean, Michigan State comes in and posts a stupid thing, and it says, "Where? What country was Hitler born in?" <laughs> and and like and they showed this picture, and he's like. Also, the best part was the screenshot of it. Like, because under it, they have like one of those like video rap boards. It's like advertising, and it's like, yeah. we never drop the ball. And, uh. they were, <laughs> and then it's like above, it's just like, just Hitler looking <laughs> out into the world he's trying to own. It was outrageous. And then the answer was Austria. Just, I got it right. Just so you know. Uh. Then they got their ass beat like 15 um. Yeah, Michigan, real good. Yeah. Um, You know what? Why don't we go down to Tallahassee real fast? Oh, God. Why? First of all, shout out to Riley Leonard for actually playing the game. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've heard some talk that uh, the reason why Duke ended up losing late was because he got injured. He yeah. was really ineffective pretty much all night. I, they shouldn't have played him. Now, we, saw what his back, we saw his backup <laughs> was not great. It's um, a retro freshman. It's very nice. Um, they were going for state on the ground in the first half, and um, I just got to give a shout out to Elko, man. He's like clearly Duke doesn't have like a ton of talent mm-hmm. uh, outside of their quarterback, who people are saying could be a, a first round pick, mainly because of his legs, which he wasn't able to utilize last night, which was good for Florida State. But man, they're they're really well coached on defense um, and offense, but yeah. Um, I think, you know, they had, they, they came out and they, they threw a strong first, uh, punch and Florida state continues to play first halves a little, I don't know. They rotate a lot, but it's because in the second half, they're always a lot more fresh than their opponent and their second half numbers, especially on defense this year have been incredible. You know, if you go back, I actually put this out on Twitter today, but if you go back, the only points that LSU scored in the second half where it was that garbage time touchdown against, you know, the third string. Uh, the outliers, BC, they they scored 12 points in the second half. But for the last yeah. four weeks, the only touchdown that's been scored against Florida State in the second half, or the only point, were on uh, was Clemson. They scored one touchdown in the, the third quarter of that game. Yeah. Um, so, Florida State seems like they're rounded into form. Um, they've got two what I would consider layups over the next two weeks. And then you got Miami at home who uh, is a good team. Like I, I, I like to laugh at them, but let's be honest. They yeah. pretty much won that Georgia tech game. outside of being dumb. And they were in that UNC game into the second half, which we got to talk about UNC too, but, um, <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> just good for Virginia, man. After all yeah. they've been through with the, with the shooting and all that, like that's good. But, um, Hopefully Riley Leonard, like Duke's certainly not out of the ACC hunt. That was only their first ACC loss. Um, and if Leonard is healthy the rest of the, the way, I mean, they they we could rematch them in the ACC championship game. Um, but yeah, Florida State runs away in the second half. Jordan Travis was really good last night. Um, and they won by 18, so they covered. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yes. What we do, baby. Um, um, yeah, cool. Anyway, let's talk about a real game now. You ready? Oh, yeah, this game was, yeah, this game was fucking electric. Okay, so I'm going to start right there. I'm going to stop right there. I'm so over, like, I get so. Should we we go to Iowa, uh, fucking Minnesota next? We can. (laughs) (laughs) That game game was shit. That game was awful. (laughs) I thought it was in danger of giving up or of cover. They they still didn't cut. They weren't even close to the over. 12 no. to 10. <laughs> Dude, I picked the game 13 to in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, that ended in the most Iowa way possible. It was, it was here, we have it here. Like very briefly, and we need to like, talk about games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, Iowa and, and Minnesota. This is it. This is like a big deal. Did you see PJ Fleck making all of us feel old when he came they came in like the post-game interview and he was like, um, it was like, yeah, you know, you guys haven't beaten Iowa in Kinnick Stadium um, since 1999. He just looked at him and he goes, I graduated high school in 1999. And it was like, that was it. And he just like walked off. Like, so this game was shit for the most of the game. And then Iowa scored on a punt return for a touchdown to basically win the game. Um, Jesus. 
they, they, <laughs> hold on. I almost scored a touchdown. I almost scored a touchdown. The kid, the kid's like running to go field the catch, and he's like, or punt, and he's like pointing, and he's going like this, like get away, get away. Yeah. And and even and Kirk Ferentz even said after the game, he goes, they said before the game, over your head, over your head is a fair catch, and he's running clearly going like this, yeah. and he catches it, has an incredible punt return for a touchdown. Like you're talking about something that is like, that is like would have made the annals of of like lore for this 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 game forever and then they just took it away uh, my favorite part about this game by the way tyler is the fact that during the game uh one of our good listeners and my good friends robert st Jean was there he's a big bama fan and he was there with like his like some friends and bama was down he got so drunk he filmed himself doing the the iowa children's hospital wave and then just fucking dipped out <laughs> <laughs> Went to a bar to go catch the Bama game. All right, let's get to some actual good games, okay? Let's start here. All right, Ohio State, Penn State. Let's stop confusing low-scoring games with bad games. I did not think this was a bad football game. Okay. Now, what do you like about it? The colors are pretty. Now, the defenses are really good, obviously. Yes, and that's something people don't talk about. Thank you. Go yeah. ahead. Um, I think the just obviously the, the big difference is like when you look at Penn State's offense, they just they don't they don't have guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. that just completely change the game at the drop of a hat. They can go eleven catches, 162 yards and a touchdown. Like can honestly, can you name a receiver on Penn State? No. No, they just don't have it. Like, um, and when you're playing against really good defenses like this, and they're gonna face another one in Michigan here yeah. pretty soon. Um, like who's gonna step up on your offense and actually make plays? And and like Penn State just doesn't have that. And that's the two differences between these two teams because I mean right. Penn State's defense is really good, and so is Ohio State's. And I think I still think Ohio State's not gonna be good enough on offense to beat Michigan, but um really. Yeah, I do. You do? I, I, I do. I like. I think. I think that Michigan. I think that Michigan is like is really good. I think Michigan's really good. I think Ohio State is really good. I, like, yeah. I think watching with, this with game, uh, Maserati Marv. Maserati. Dude, we used to have this kid that I worked with at Houston's and Cam Lyon, and he would come in and he was always just like skittled out. So he would come in and he'd be like just fucking flying. Just like, hey guys, what's up? Like, yeah, like, how you doing, Cam? Yeah, never better, never better, never better. Like, just like always on one. And he would like rent his buddy would like rent out his car, like a, like an Airbnb type thing, but for cars. Yeah, it was like a Tura. Yeah, okay. So he had a Maserati, and I'll never forget. So Cam would get up in the morning and film himself, like like driving this thing, and it'd be like him driving, and it's like the, just the dashboard, and and then like. Like the Maserati thing, he'd be like, "Yeah, man, it's a Maserati, dude. You ever seen a Maserati?" I'm like, "I see it on your Snapchat every day." And I'll never forget that one day he comes in and he's like, "Hey, if anybody needs to like give up any shifts or whatever, just like let me know. I need to pick up a bunch of shifts." I was like, "Why, Cam? Like, what happened? Is he going on a trip?" And he's like, "I wrecked my friend's car." I was like, "Is it because you were fucking filming the dashboard while you're driving?" Anyway, um, I thought this game was a lot better than people think because Penn State, the offense is lacking. You're right. And I thought the quarterback play could have been better. But these are also two very elite defenses. And I thought my two biggest takeaways from this was that I hate it for James Franklin to an extent because James Franklin cannot get over the hump. He's now 1-9 all-time at, at Penn State against Ohio State. Now, he's had some heartbreakers, right? Like, But he's 1-9. 0-5 in Columbus. And at some point, if you're going to win the Big Ten, like, you got to break through and win. Like, that's one thing that I think that like sometimes we we used to like dog less miles or try to think if there's a third team. Um, even somewhat with Georgia before they broke through. It's like, oh yeah, you guys are always just there, but you can't ever win the big one. It's like, well, they can't win the big one because the team that's beating them is the most dominant team in college football history over this 10-year stretch. Ohio State is one of the most dominant programs, like in the country, and they have been for 20 years, and especially the last 10 years. I told you the numbers where they like, when they were playing at home, it's like 39 and two, 
since 20 or 2019 under under Ryan Day or, or 27 and two, and they were winning those games by an average of like 23 points per game. Like it's not an easy place to play. So I thought that both defenses played really, really, really well. I thought the offenses did, you know, they did what they could at times. Um, but that's one thing I think about like Ohio State is we just have this built-in stigma of them like, well, Ohio State's an offensive team. Ohio State's an offensive team because we've seen what they've done in the past. Ohio State has one of the best and one of the most talented, two separate things, defenses in the country. They are a really, really elitely talented defense. It is scary. Penn State in this game didn't convert a third or a fourth down until 58 minutes into the game. Oh, I didn't know all that. That's tough. And they obviously didn't get into the end zone until 29 seconds left in the game. Right. Uh, completely dominant effort by Ohio State. Um, they they thought they maybe got some – Penn State thought they got a little bit of uh, – I guess, I mean, they got a score from the defense until right. it was nullified by a holding penalty on Ohio, on uh, on Penn State, but they had a scoop and score for 60 yards that got called back, and that was like their only chance at scoring all day. Just like that. Dominant effort by Ohio State. And um, – yeah, man, that that I still think Michigan will win the game, but that's going to be a war that that game yeah, between those fun. two defenses. Um, all right, where are we going to go next? We want to go to this game at all. Uh, I didn't see a ton of it. Okay, because Ooh. it was yeah. Talk about that in a minute. We can. Um, but we can we can we can talk briefly about this game. Yeah, Auburn covered. Like I said, they would. I'm just kidding. I had a I had Ole Miss by ten. I know. Um, I had Ole Miss by ten. They win by what seven? Seven. Uh, just another testament. This is gonna get people are gonna get tired of hearing this, but it really is true. The Jordan hair is just different at night. I mean, like like Jordan hair is different in general, but like. It, it, it did seem different at night. Like, Ole Miss just couldn't get anything going. Just like, there's nothing on paper that would suggest they could have hung with them at all. Like, at all. And they just couldn't get anything going. Um, I thought Auburn did some things really well, especially defensively, that were really good. Um, at times, like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to like, make that that audience, like, or that fan base scream in general. So they were so loud, right? So they, they wanted something that, like, I think that with, with the offense in particular, oh boy, I'm gonna fumble here in the Sunday night game. On um, on offense in particular, like I bet those fans like all wanted to scream because it was awful. It was like I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford and like it just it doesn't seem like Gus or that wow that Hugh Freeze is a plan and that that is kind of concerning to me. Quinshawn Jukins finally gets going here in this game. 21 yeah, for 124 yards and a touchdown. I Kind of looking at Auburn the same way. Now, James Franklin has been at Penn State for a long time, so it's yeah. obviously a lot easier to say that Freeze, this will probably be the worst roster he has there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you look down the, the box score at the receivers, it's like your leading receiver was your running back for 54 yards. Good. They should have. But who, like, who, who's Auburn's guy at receiver? Bear? No, I have one. That's what I kept saying for the start of the year. There's no one there. Yeah, there's nobody there. So, 275 total yards of offense for Auburn. Just not going to get it done. But, I mean, it almost did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a testament to the defense. I mean, at the end of the day, Ole Miss, what, did they score late? Yeah, they did. It was 28-14 late in the game, and Auburn scored late. So, um, you know, this is just one of those years for Ole Miss where you, or for Auburn where you just kind of have to grin and bear it because yeah. first year, you know, there's not a ton of time when these coaches get hired before the early signing period, so you don't get to bring in a ton of true freshmen. So it's probably, it might be a tour. I mean, the, the portal can change things, obviously, but it might be a two- or three-year project for, for Freeze. Yeah. On the other hand, Ole Miss is key. He's winning, man. They're they're kind of like the new UNC, where like nobody really talks about them, and they're in the top ten. Okay, let's talk about something. All right, let's talk about some some other stuff around the country that that people that we don't have we don't have things for, but we need to talk about. Let's talk about UNC. UNC lost to Virginia. God, 
at home. They were like 24 and a half point favorites, I think, in that game. They were six and a half point favorites in the first quarter. I know that. <laughs> um, That's just an inexcusable loss. I don't, there's no way that you can. And it, they got like blown out, didn't they? No, it's 31 27. Okay. They were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was back and forth. That's right. But still, like, dude, Virginia is like one of the worst teams in not just the ACC, but like in the country. Yeah. They got like trounced by Tennessee. They've lost bad to everybody. Um, maybe there's a reason why we weren't talking about UNC. Because this always <laughs> maybe. happens. Maybe. This always happens to them, dude. Like they they get off to this crazy start, and then it's like at, by the end of the season, it's like, oh, UNC lost four games in a row to finish again nine and four. Right. Um. So I mean, this isn't one you had them losing thirty-one to twenty-seven to Virginia. <laughs> um. But you know, you gotta get you gotta you got at Georgia Tech next week in Campbell, but then you finish the season with Duke at Clemson at NC State if you're UNC. Campbell so. Campbell Campbell's baby. Now, all right, let's talk about another game. So when I tweeted out this thing about how let's stop confusing low-scoring games with bad football, I tweeted it out about the Ohio State-Penn State game. But, Tyler, there was another game going on during this that I don't think we have anything for them at the bottom here. Arkansas-Mississippi State. Oh, my God. So so Arkansas fired the, D, D court, or the O coordinator today. All right, I'm going to talk about that for a second. But, dude, Pittman is on borrowed time, sir. And, and like, Not good. this coming from, like, remember where they were? Was it just last year? Where they were, like, the darlings of the SEC, or was that two years ago? Either two way, ago. dude, Pittman is in real trouble. And between him and Beamer, man, those are the two of the most disappointing teams. So we'll get to Beamer next, because I have some stuff to say about that. Um but Arkansas and Mississippi State, it's it, what sucks is this. And I'm not like it's a good win for Mississippi State. So let's give them credit. They're coming off a bye week. They were able to do it without Will Rogers. Mike Wright comes in. Jaquavian Marks had like some like weird fucking contraption on his. They had like he had like a straight rod on his back hamstring and leg. It was very weird. If you watch him, if you watch him run off the field, he looked like a fucking Tennessee walking horse. He was just like. I hope we don't ever get that on camera again. Um, so, so that that was good for them. That was good for them. And you're right. If he, I don't want to say he's on borrowed time, but like, I think that Arkansas, Arkansas needs to like commit to Sam Pittman. And I don't think things necessarily be like, all right, you know what? Like, it's best way to phrase this. I don't think that Arkansas needs to look at this and be like, well, it sucks that we should accept being eight wins every year. But I kind of feel like they should accept eight wins every year. If, you, like if you're telling Arkansas... They've never won the out, SEC, right? So, I mean, you can't really expect to win the SEC. Right. And, and like they, they've never won the SEC. They've been to the SEC championship game a couple of times. They've been in 95. I think it was 95 they went. Yeah, 95 they went. They got beat like 33, 2002, 2006. Um, and had, they had two really good years back to back to back. Um. Okay, so here's the thing. We'll talk about Enos. I could have told Connor to avoid this shit because Dan Enos is a piece of shit. Dan Enos is a fucking piece of shit. I don't care how this what? sounds. What? He is. Dan Enos is a piece of He's shit. He's a bad guy? He's a bad person, in my opinion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and not as bad oh, as LSU opinion. now that Chris is here Um, because, you know, LSU obviously hates the troops. We saw that last night after the way they beat deep down Army. But no, yeah. Dan Enos... So Connor gave him credit for like developing Jalen Hurts as the backup quarterback at Bama in 2018 for some reason. Because if you remember, Dan Enos is the one that came in and he got back from he got back from 2018 national championship game where Bama got boat raced by Clemson 44 to 16. That was there was a whole bunch of stuff going on before that game where Mike Loxley was the head coach. At Maryland, he just got announced the head coach of Maryland, so he like one foot out the door. Josh Gaddis was trying to take over the play calling, and Dan Dan Enos was supposed to take over the play calling as well. So it was like back and forth, and they were just going to like all three of them were going to split the play calling duties. So Gaddis leaves from Michigan. They get back to Tuscaloosa, and it's like a Sunday night or Monday night or whatever. The night the night before, they just have their first 
new season, like first of the year, looking towards next year, putting the, the last year in the past, like let's start talking about like what we're going to do. That first meeting, Danny knows is nowhere to be found. And Saban's like, hey, somebody go get, check his office. Somebody goes down there and checks his office. All of his stuff is gone. This motherfucker left in the middle of the night, didn't say anything to anyone, just moved mm. all of his shit out, didn't yeah, say a sure. word to anyone, and then went to Miami. I hope Danny Enos loses everything he ever coaches ever again. That, that is like, you gotta be such well, a. It's not gonna be for Arkansas. No, it's not gonna be for Arkansas. But what he did to, to Kenji Jefferson was absolutely criminal. Um, I, it, like, it was, we're just kidding, Krista. No, he is a piece of shit, though. He like he just. I don't feel sorry for Arkansas State because they hired him because I feel like he is he he was like the the OC there before and he's had some success in that position and he's a associate quarterback developer. But man, like you had a guy that was like back to back, back to back the the only SEC quarterback with a top ten QBR passer rating in the country for two years in a row, top ten nationally, and th- now you can't even get a fourth and one with a 240 pound quarterback. What the fuck are you doing? Mississippi State in this game, 19% havoc rate, which is in the 91st percentile. They that's good. Havoc rate is defensively. Okay. Um it, it means they they ate up that O line. I'm just shocked that Pittman has allowed the Arkansas O line. I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know a ton about what's going on there, but just shocked that the O line especially under Pittman, is, is as bad as it is. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, speaking of I, LSU, I'm, since... No, hold on. Huh? Yeah, I, well, I was going to play... Um, we actually got a voicemail from Krista. Oh, I love it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Hey, guys, it's Krista. I am calling uh, post-LSU Army game. And this one is just specifically to say, hey, Marler, can't wait to hear next week when you say that Bama's got a, or LSU's got a lineup against Bama and play 16 minutes of football. So, um, can't wait to hear that one. But anyway, no, I just appreciate everything I'll do and, uh, go Tigers. Go Tigers! I'll tell you right now, Chris, so you're probably not going to hear that from me because I am nervous as shit, and I don't like our chances in that game. But we will get to it as next week. We're going to go into the bye week right now. Hell of a win for LSU against uh, against Army. What I loved most about that win was you could tell the amount of respect that Brian Kelly had told his players they were going to have for Army. There was no shit talking. There was nothing like that. They were beating the crap out of them um, from early in that game. And they, I thought they handled it with class, and that was something I thought was really important, especially in this day and age with our, our, our you know, Military academies and institutions like that. Look at you. I know. All right. Missouri and South Carolina. Bro, what the fuck? South Carolina is down bad. They're not good. And I, and I tell you what, I've said this. <laughs> I thought that Beamer, I thought, did we talk about Beamer breaking his foot on the last yeah. episode? Okay. We did. I thought that Beamer was Sam Pittman, skinny Sam Pittman, that everyone would like him. And that how could you not like him? It has so quickly turned the opposite way, not in his favor, that I'm shocked. He he is, he's a bit of a bitch. He bitches about <laughs> a lot of stuff. He does. Dude, Missouri's good. Missouri's good. I was at a little gathering for work today, talking to a couple of Georgia fans, and... I said, I'm sure you're thankful that that game is not in Columbia this year. And they but said seven and one. I ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> seven and one. Now for Missouri, uh, Luther Burden continues to cook. Brady Cook continues to cook. And Cody Schrader's back in a big way. 160 yards, two touchdowns. Um, South Carolina, man, 12 points. They can't stop anything on defense. Can't stop anything. I, you think he? How long has he been there? This is fourth year or third? This is third year. Has he gone after this year? No. Fuck no. No. He's he's like now again. I, I and I should have dove dove 
too a little more into this. The thing with Arkansas with Pittman, get you a guy like Sam Pittman who is going to win you eight games every year. Like if you think that's mediocre, it's not. It's not because you know what mediocre is. Mediocre is spiking at nine, like you did in twenty twenty one, and then diving down at two for wins and losses. Because they did that in 2017, 2018 or Chad Morris. You have stability. You can have a guy that loves to fucking be there. He loves to be at this place. There's no reason to let him go. I, I just, I, I, I'm tired of hearing about it. Now, with, with Beamer. They go on the road next week to AM, so they'll be two and seven. Oh, they're done. Yeah. Now, Beamer, <laughs> Beamer's a little bit different because Beamer came in with this whole like brash attitude. There were like, what bothers me with Beamer is, you did you like the wins that you get in the offseason, they have to they have to roll over into the season. One of the biggest wins they got this offseason was two things keeping Spencer Rattler and getting Nick Harbour, a five-star freak athlete. And he hasn't been anywhere to be found. If he if he's not understanding the offense, spend extra time with him. Get it, get him to understand the offense. If he's not understanding the offense still, cater the offense to him. Can't, like not the whole offense, but like part of it. There's like, what are you struggling most with on this team? Offensive line, defensive line. So you have no time to eat the ball. Every time this kid touches the ball, you're, you're like you've had a receiver out every like every game. It feels like this entire year, at least one. How do you not bring in a five star kid with that kind of like athletic pedigree and then just not give him the ball? To be fair, he was the leading receiver in this game for South yeah. Carolina. How many catches he had? Catches. Catches for 50 yards. He had one for 22. So he had two catches for 50 yards. Last week he had one for 45. Seems like a big play guy. Yeah. Probably use that. Probably. They could only find him on their own roster. Um, we we touched on it briefly, but we don't have to talk about the game. But no. Clemson. Three losses? Three losses. So bad. Mathematically eliminated from the ACC championship game. So they're done, done. They're done. Dude, I... Dabo has... Did you see Dabo in the press conference afterwards? No. Someone asked him about uh, if they had, like, a mental health person on staff that, like, helped with the kids. He, he laughed like that. He goes... He's gonna be on suicide watch this week. No, he did not. I swear. <laughs> That's I swear not real. You. That's not real. That's not it's, real. No, it is so real. You tell me right now. I have, I've been so consumed with my hatred for Tennessee. I haven't seen a Davo suicide watch comment. He yeah. He said the mental health therapist was gonna. Mother be of God, watch. he really did say it. <laughs> Front page of al.com. Davo Swinney apologizes for making suicide watch joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just <laughs> unreal. I mean, he—they're gonna stop putting him out for press conferences. Yeah, he's like Biden. The man just can't get it right no. on the mic. Just let him Roomba but, off the stage. That's what his name put it. Jesus, that's tough. Oh man, that's all I have to say about the game. That—that's just a horrible loss for Clemson. I mean, once you found out Van Dyke wasn't even playing, the the line went up. Like jumped from three and a half to five immediately. Weren't they playing? Got, weren't they on the uh, coming off a bye? Yeah, coming off a bye at Miami, which there's no home crowd advantage. There's probably more Clemson fans there. Yeah, it's just an unexcusable, inexcusable loss. Yeah, is that it? That's all the games. Yeah, I'll do my top five uh, coaches I want to replace Saban on my weekly video. That actually video went kind of crazy last week. It did really well. I had like like 80,000 views, something like that on, on Twitter. We did uh, get uh, quite a few calls from Georgia fans in the bye week. I'll play a couple. Are you fucking serious? About what? Marler, T-Hug. How's it going, guys? First-time caller. Not Hopefully not a last-time caller. It's Coach Trill Bill. Um, longest voicemail I've ever heard in my life. But anyway, here we are. So you guys ready to talk about some spicy plays? From Texas Pizza. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Uh, just wanted to say, as a Georgia fan, I saw the schedule at the beginning of the year, and you know, typically Georgia always has a week off before Florida. 
But for some fucking reason, we had to play BYE this week, and we had another fucking slow start. So I don't know if I should blame Carson Beck, if I should blame Bobo, like all the other boomers out there in the stadium do, or who the hell is to blame for this. But we had another slow start. Granted, you know, we got the win, you know, 34 to 10 or whatever. But at the same time, BYE, who the hell is this? Now, we all know, you know, BYU, it's, you know, the, the cold, I mean, the, yeah, the people in Utah. So anyway, we know about them, but BYE, who the hell is BYE? And of course, Georgia has to have another slow start. Anyway, third quarter of the Bama game about to get underway. Hopefully it ends the way Marlo likes, uh, Marlo wants it to be. T-Hug, hopefully my dogs, you know, stop having a slow start. Maybe we can, you know, you got, your Knowles can bookend the college football playoff as, you know, with the four teams. And hopefully we see you guys there. But man, another fucking slow start this time against BYE. BYE right. fucking E. Like who, who is this team? Anyway, another slow start, but dogs by 90, I guess. Uh, love the show. Hope you guys are doing well. And, yeah, fuck Florida. Bye. What else we got? That was pretty good. That was good. Bala, T Huck, is your boy Boston Benny walking out of the casket flag in here down near Fenway, right? Spent all day just fucking watching some college football and fucking drinking. And T Huck, I gotta say, your nose on the ropes where they were Duke. That's kind of fucking sad. But anyway, Boston Benny here, back at it again. On behalf of Lou fucking Holt. I got another message for Ryan fucking Day. You better be fucking grateful you play James stupid-ass Franklin because that stupid motherfucker can't fucking coach his ass out of a paper bag, <laughs> out of a wet paper bag in the fucking Boston snow in 2018 when it was 100-something fucking inches. That motherfucker can't coach his way out of shit. Holy <laughs> shit. On fourth and fucking four, right? Get a fucking real guy like Lou fucking Holtz. And also Pat McAfee, fuck him too. He's going to mimic Lou Holtz in a disrespectful man? Man, fuck him. Pat McAfee can't make a 27-yard fucking field goal in West Virginia against the shitty Pittsburgh team. That's on his ass. Fuck him. Also played for the Colts. By the way, one-year anniversary since the Patriots fucked his ass up when he did that stupid-ass special team shit and let another motherfucker take the hit for him on that stupid fucking thing by Cuck Pagano. Anyway, going off on the rails here, guys. But I just got to say, on behalf of Lou fucking Holtz, Ryan Day. Fuck you. Still, it's still fucking mediocre in my opinion. You, you ain't going to be challenged until you meet Michigan. That's all it fucking is. Point Noise Michigan's going to go up against them, and they're going to fuck them. That's all that is. That's that all real? it's going to fucking be. Mala, good win against 10 of fucking sucks, because those assholes deserved it. They just talked too much fucking shit, just like you said, before the Georgia game last year. They got their ass fucking kicked again, so Mala, good job. T-Hucks. Hopefully you know pull it out against Duke. If you don't, you'll okay, remember okay. forever because okay. of fucking Duke. And on behalf <laughs> of Duke, <laughs> I'm crying. That's so much. That's so much. My cheeks actually hurt for laughing right now. Oh man. Uh, yeah. The the people in the chat love Boston. Boston Benny. It's almost done. We'll we'll play it till the end. Hold. And all the Irish motherfucking fans like my fucking self. That's no. Hey, what up, Paulie? Yo, what up? I see you. It's my boy Polly crossing over the bridge, going over to Mass Pike. Hey, going back to Kimmore State's a little bit drunk, you know what I mean? But hey, here we go. So, fuck Ryan Day. On behalf of Lou fucking Holtz and everything we stand for as Irish fans, fuck <laughs> Lou. Uh, sorry, fuck Ryan Day. Lou Holtz is a god. You better fucking believe it because Ryan Day, you still ain't got fucking rings compared to Lou fucking Holtz. Coach Holtz, love the man to death. Hey, Ryan Day, man, fuck you. Let's just see you again. We beat your ass on a neutral field. I don't care. Fuck. Fuck. Okay. September, who cares? All right. All right. That's enough. It's it's a, it's it's December on a neutral field. You, man. Let's get him. So, love you guys. Love the show. Even up here in Boston. Hey, just represent Andover Mass. That's all it is, baby. Hey, it's, you know, 617, baby, all day. <laughs> that's unreal. Boston Benny, everybody. Unreal. All right. Um, wow. I, my cheek's like. My cheeks are hurting, too. Yeah, that's that is like... Um, all right, well, let's do our top five. Let's say goodbye to everybody. It's been an hour. Um, appreciate everybody in the live show. It was a lot of fun. Um, my God, there was a lot of F-bombs. Yeah. Like me saying that. I know. A lot of F-bombs. Yeah. We are uncensored, after all. I hope uh, Yeah. I hope Sybil in the, on the Facebook group isn't... She was real mad. 
That's the uh, end of the show. As always, we really appreciate appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really hey, help us. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Top five. I thought you were doing it for a, a separate video. Yeah, that's for coaches. Oh, oh yeah, our top five. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. No. All right, you go first. I went first last week. Um, we didn't even talk about this, so they're going to drop a little bit. But Washington. Yeah. Washington. Remember on the pod last week when I said, I don't know who they play next week, but I'm going with the other team? Yeah, you did. You did say that. All right. Number one for me. This pains me to say it, but I'm going to say Michigan. Yeah. Been pretty dominant. Been like, like, haven't played anybody, but very dominant. So I have Michigan. Number two. I'm going to put Ohio State. The resume speaks for itself. Like, I, I got so tired of hearing this yesterday from Georgia fans. Like, they, like they're not any good. This, they're playing mediocre ball. Bro, they played a top 10 team at home. They, they came in averaging 44 points per game, held them to six, went on the road and beat Notre Dame on the road. Like, that, that's a very, very good resume. I got Ohio State at number two. Number three, I'm going to put at number three, I'm going to put Florida State. Mm-hmm. I feel like they deserve it with the schedule or the, with the, what do you call it? Um, number four, number four, I'm going to put, um, who am I missing? Washington. Washington. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hope that last week was just kind of like an off week and that's it. And number five, Alabama. Now a huge win. Now hear me out here. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to um, number five, I'm going to put Georgia. And the reason why, they haven't played anybody, but I think they're about to get to the point of the season where the lights shine brightest, and that's when they tend to be at their best. So, number one, Michigan. Two, Ohio State. Number three, I've got Florida State. Number four, I've got uh, Washington. And number five, Georgia. Uh, mine's similar, but Michigan, number one. Got Ohio State, two. Florida State, three. Georgia four, Washington five. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So we appreciate everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, don't forget next week, got another big round of games, including the big Georgia Florida game. So during, before, after, whatever you guys want to do, give us a call on the hotline 770 674 8233. We know we're going to hear from the Florida resident. Yeah. We know we're going to hear from a lot of Georgia fans too. So, if you haven't called in yet, number is 770-674-8233. Don't forget to check out the videos and the clips from the show at Sat Down South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok, and Saturday Down South on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys midweek. Yeah.